You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. SEC Insider Hit. Presented by your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. Go local. Go with a home team. Good morning. Welcome in. Coming off a big weekend of baseball and basketball. And that's a good thing, especially in this area of the uh, this part of the country. Uh, there was an absolute total freakout and meltdown in Startville on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about that. Both the positives and the negative or challenges uh, on the diamond for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Our show today is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car at home and sleep well. All right, sleep well knowing that you're covered by Farm Bureau Insurance. We're streaming live on thezone1059.com. And Blake, are we rolling the thing? All right, you can watch the show right now. Um, YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. That's pretty easy. YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. We welcome in Steve Robertson. 247 Sports Jeans page, the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. All right, Steve, uh, hell of a meltdown in Startville on Saturday as uh, the dogs were up 10 to 1, and they, uh, well, they lost. And they couldn't throw strikes, and they couldn't throw anybody out on the base pass, and there was some, uh, you know, sketchy fielding too. And so you kind of bundle all that up, and they lost to a team that they shouldn't lose to. Uh, there's There were questions going into the season. I know we've got 53 more games left, but two of the veterans couldn't hit the zone in Casey Hunt and Stinnett. Uh, what is your takeaway on the weekend? Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, you know, I, I think it's going to be a very offensive team, and I think they showed that. Uh, a little bit of a struggle yesterday on Sunday, you know, maybe the first time through the order, but uh, – I think you feel great about Amani Larry and Colton Ledbetter. I think you've identified the right pieces in that respect. But, uh, you know, that, that's the thing on Saturday. You get up 10-1 and you think, okay, well, let's let's get some guys some work. I mean, you, you didn't throw uh, Sinjay. You didn't throw Lofton. You're not throwing those guys on Sunday. But, uh, you know, the reality of it is, is that if, if State's going to be a really solid postseason team this year, you know, KC Hunt and Parker Sinnett are going to have to, to return to form. And, and that's the thing. You know, KC at times has been really good, and other times he's been inconsistent. You know, I mean, Sinnett uh, has electric stuff, but at, at times struggles to find his own. And I think, really, the clock is ticking on those guys. When you see what Bradley Lawton did yesterday, 95 miles per hour from the left-hand side, then he comes up with a 77-mile-an-hour change-up and can spot the slaughter up for a strike at 87. I think what happened yesterday is really kind of um, – 
kind of a warning in many respects. If you are not going to throw strikes and you're not going to consistently get out there and compete, you're not going to pitch on the weekends. Uh, State has some options. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing this year compared to last year is you've got some guys you can run out there. And I I think as this thing evolves, you're going to see Sinjay and Lofton get a lot more of those innings. And I think it gives Scott Foxhall a little flexibility that he doesn't have to sit there and watch you struggle. I mean, we saw that in 2021. I mean, Eric Sarantola did not throw a meaningful inning to baseball after the LSU series. And uh, I think State, in many respects, is probably in a position now where they just don't have to be patient with guys. And th- and that's really where you have to be because what happened on Saturday cannot be repeated. You get 17 hits and 13 runs in a non-conference game, you have to win that game. That loss rests solely on the shoulders of the pitchers that day. When And what's ironic is Nate Domas, the guy that pitched the best, didn't walk a hitter, didn't allow an earned run, and he ends up getting saddled with a loss. Baseball can be a cruel game at times. Steve Robertson talking Mississippi State baseball. They're 2-1. and one. You would think they're 0-3 after the weekend, and that's how it is in the state. Uh, and Ole Miss and Southern Miss swept their opponents, and that always factors in, too. And Ole Miss and Southern Miss both have legit kind of dominant starters, and I think there's some questions in Startville as to why they don't. Hunter Elliott, Tanner Hall, and uh, Southern Miss may have another. Well, Ole Miss may have another one, too. Um, You mentioned Gerangelo and Bradley Lofton. Do you expect them to start Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe get two innings, maybe three, and but they keep a low pitch count on them so that if they need them on the weekend, they can throw again? How do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. I, and Lamontis kind of said as much yesterday. He didn't mention any names, but It'll be a Johnny Holstaff approach in the midweek, and you'll get some guys some work and, and then not exhaust them for the weekend. But, you know, I, I think really not just for this season, but, you know, for the next couple of seasons, you know, Sinjay and Bradley Lofton, those are the guys that you're going to build your rotation around. And, and, and maybe the future is now. And, and, of course, you don't want to make a snap judgment after one weekend. You don't want to do that. You know, and that's just kind of how life is. I mean, and people are prisoners of the moment. But, reality of it is you've got some very talented guys out there that are a little short on experience right now and by the time we get into conference play things could change a great deal i mean people forget you know the 2021 season when state won the national championship you didn't have bednar and you didn't have sarantola in, in week one and you still managed to have a good weekend and ultimately win an apple championship but you know, this staff has been around long enough to understand i mean you, you're not locked in i think when you've got guys like casey hunt certainly a guy that turned down pro baseball to come back, you feel like you have something there, but you can't afford to sacrifice the season to make sure a guy can boost his draft stock. And so KC's got to answer the bell. Uh, Sinet's got to answer the bell. And, and if not, there'll be some younger guys that'll be getting their opportunities. Uh, do you, I, Lamonis can't afford to be patient because of what happened last year. Um, if they make a regional last year, he, he can be more patient, but there's, there's a little bit of uh I think concern in the program, especially uh, what they do or don't have on the mound. So having said that, do you think Casey Hunt even gets another shot or do you think they go with another starter against Arizona State this weekend? Well, I think you'll probably get another shot, but it'll be a short leash. I mean, you're not, you're not, again, you know, again, we go back and look at what the body of work with Lamontis. I mean, he's not going to sit there and let you struggle. I mean, he may work in the midweek, but the weekend games are so important. That's what you make the tournament on. That's that's how you build an RPI and a resume for the postseason. 
and they're not going to let, let you sit there and sacrifice a ball game just so you can get some work. It's just not how things are going to work. And that hadn't been the case with LeBonis. And it's in, I read some of these uh, the social media commentary. And, of course, if you read enough of it, you can read whatever fits your narrative. But and people talking about how Lamonis is too nice. I don't think anybody that's ever played with or for Chris Lamonis would tell you that he's too nice. I mean, no. No. That, that absolutely is just that is absolutely false. No. And so he will make the difficult decision. I mean, you know, we saw this a couple of years ago when you had, uh, you know, Landon Jordan left the program. I mean, you know, Landon Jordan was a guy that uh, had done nothing wrong, was hitting the baseball extremely well, but you had to find a way to get Cameron James in the lineup. And so they slide Cam to third and put Lane Forsythe at short and short things defensively. And Landon Jordan said, hey, well, you know, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to leave the program, and you hate that because you ultimately win a national championship, and it's a young guy that uh, grew up a bulldog and didn't get a chance to get a ring. But you know, Lamontis is not scared to make the unpopular decision, uh, and he's not scared to sit a guy down for the betterment of the team. And so I'm not the least bit worried about any of that, nor should Bulldog fans be as well. But, again, we get caught up in the moment, and we start thinking, oh, well, this is going to be just like last year. I mean, the difference last year is you had such a short, short bullpen you had to stress your starters longer. You had to put guys out there more frequently. And State just doesn't have to do that this year. Steve Robertson, the Boneyard Podcast, talking uh, Hale State baseball. They won two or three, so there was some good. We'll get into that in a second. And then there was some ugly. Um, when you lose a game like that, what does that do for all? I mean, you, you've got a pretty big non-conference stretch. So where's the margin for error now after dropping a, a game to BMI? Well, at the end of the day, when, when the NCAA tournament committee is uh, sitting around and reviewing Mississippi State's resume, it's not going that VMI game's not going to come up. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to be a make-or-break game in the season. Obviously, you don't want to drop that game. It's a game you, know, you should have swept. And I, even on my show on Friday, I said, I'm hoping we get a sweep, but you know, things happen in college baseball. Never did I think that they'd have a 10-1 lead and then ultimately lose that game. But you know, back in 2016, you know, State lost to Eastern Kentucky and Oral Robertson back-to-back midweek games and then won the Southeastern Conference and were the number six national seed. And so there's plenty of games to kind of figure this thing out. But you've got to have a good week this week. I mean, I think, you know, with five games, I think you really need to go four and one this week. I think three and two, all of a sudden, you know, the concerns are, are somewhat, you know, elevated. You know, I think you've got to win both of these midweek games and get two or three from Arizona State. And listen, I know Arizona State had a losing record last year, as did Mississippi State. But, you know, that that's a blue blood program. They're going to have talent. They're going to have some guys that are frontline pitchers. And, uh, you know, we'll see how things develop. But you've got to have a really good week this week. And I think the main thing is people just want to see more of what they saw on Friday and in some respect Friday from a pitching standpoint. I mean, people forget you, you won the Friday game 11-2. to two. Uh, but then you have the Saturday game where people are just kind of running at will. And, and that's not just about catching. Some of it's on will. Um, I don't see you on Luke Hancock. But also, too, I think there were a lot of guys, too, that doing a good job holding runners. And uh, I asked Landon Gartman yesterday how much of this action clock is, is, a, is a factor. And he goes, you know, I've always been a fast worker. It doesn't really work for me. It doesn't really bother me. But there's some other guys out there. Maybe they're having to make an adjustment. So that's something they'll figure out as we kind of move forward. But you got to have a good week this week, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you start winning ball games. And while there will be some people out there that constantly, re, you know, refer to that Saturday game, you can put that thing in a review mirror pretty quickly if you can stack some wins. So people are asking why they don't have a dominant ace, considering the program that they are, like yeah, Hunter I, I, Elliott, I, I, like Tanner Hall. I mean, Cade's 
I think I don't think you consider him a dominant ace in the SEC. He may be that by April 15th. Who knows? What What would be your reaction to that when fans that really follow the team ask that question? I ask the same question. I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I think people have a valid concern there. It's like, you're Mississippi State. You know, why don't you have one guy that you know is a, a surefire shutdown guy? And I think Kate Smith right now is probably a Saturday guy pitching on Friday because he's your best option. I do think Bradley Lofton and Sinjay will be weekend guys. Does that happen this year? I don't know. Uh, but the reality of it is I think State has recruited exceptionally well this year. But you got to ask, you know, where were those guys to kind of bridge the gap between Landon Sims and Bednar until now? And I think that's why you're in the situation you are in last year uh, and, and certainly this year. I mean, every year you always feel like you have that one guy you can count on. But I remind people, too, back in 16, I mean, you know, Dakota Hudson – had thrown a total of 12 SEC innings and ends up being an All-American. I mean, you know, there's always a guy that emerges uh, that maybe hasn't got a big body of work. And so that's what you're kind of hoping on. But State shouldn't have to bank on that. You know, from year to year, you ought to have a guy or two that you know, hey, this is our guy. We know we've got here. Because the best teams in the country are really just trying to identify a third starter and get production from the bottom third of the lineup. If you can do that, you're a national contender. Yeah, but everybody's got to have a frontline guy. And I think at this point, you know, State's looking at this thing by committee. But I don't want to sell Cade Smith short. I mean, I think Cade Smith's a guy that, uh, you know, he's not, obviously not a Paul Mahalan type guy. But Cade Smith's a competitor. This is a guy that's got a three-pitch mix. And uh, I'm interested to see what he does this week. He didn't pitch bad on, on Friday. Uh, but, you know, he's on a pitch count. The, the problem with him is going to be pitch efficiency. You know, he's got to be able to get in and out of innings in you know, 12, 15 pitches uh, more times than not, he can't afford to have these uh, you know twenty twenty five pitch innings and expect to stay in ball games. It's just not going to happen. So you expect Dom and Harden and Nixon to stay in the pen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just I don't. I, everybody brings up Nate Dom. I know he's a, he's a competitor. Nate will do whatever you want. It's actually pronounced Dome, but uh, Dome. But okay. the reality of it is, I just don't know that he has the stamina. You know, to go pieces to get thing together regularly, especially a guy that you know, Max Effort guy that throws ninety seven, ninety eight. It's not going to get you a lot of innings. I mean, but uh, I do think if when you look over the weekend, he might have been the best pitcher of the weekend. I mean, let's let's be honest about that. He pitched twice, and both times he was really really good. And I, so I think State's really found something with him. And I think uh, Nixon looked great yesterday too uh, in the ninth. And so I think if you start thinking if we can piece this thing together and get through the six with a lead. We ought to have the arms in the bullpen to close this thing out. And that was kind of the recipe back in 2021. It's just a matter of getting through, the, get a quality start, and then turn the thing over to the bullpen. All right, let's go to Amani Larry. Holy smokes. Um, what a debut. Uh, people knew he was good. I know you had talked to Lamonis and Gotro about him. Lamonis mentioned him last week on this show. But, I mean, can you remember a, a better debut? I don't know that I can. And, and Mike Nemeth and I kind of joked around about it. You know, when he went, he went two for two, you know, and, and he looked so good. I was joking with Nemo. I said, uh, this kid might be the greatest player in the history of the game. You know, just kind of being silly, you know. And then, then what does he do? He proceeds to go four for four and gets a walk. He doesn't get out. And then the first time he finally gets out he, is he misdirects a bunt. And then when State's down three nothing and needing some juice, he goes out there and gets you a two-run bomb and makes that great play. You know, State has really got something in that kid. And, and he comes from a great baseball family. His dad went to Omaha with the Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, he's grown up around the game. 
Uh, and what's interesting, too, you know, there's so many guys out there. Everybody thinks they're a superstar. When I interviewed Imani after he committed to Mississippi State, I said, is there any chance you compete at short or maybe a third? He goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm a second baseman all the way. I don't have the arm or the range to play at short. I mean, what, what a sense of self-awareness, right? I mean, this is a guy that knows who he is, knows what he's capable of, and he is leading this team right now. And I thought Colt Ledbetter had a good weekend. Um, but Larry appears to be the table setter that states needed. And, you know, Rowdy Jordan, of course, was, you know, kind of a stopgap guy in many respects, not really a true leadoff. But, you know, this is the first guy maybe since Jake Mangum that you've had that you see, you know what, we can send this guy out there at the top of the inning. And uh, the bottom half, our middle part of our order is going to get a chance to hit against the guy in the stretch. With the way that um... – no, I'll say, all right, Kellum Clark, he looks like he put on 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, if he figures it out, uh, he'll make everybody better around him, both those that hit before him and after. What, what do you see in there? Well, you know, he had a little bit of that hand injury during the summer, and so he really worked hard on, the, on his lower half. And I think that's evident. You know, he's getting a lot more push out of his legs. That home run that left the stadium yesterday, I, that won't be the last one this year. This guy's got amazing bat speed, but also, too, now he's got the power piece to go with it. Where He's not having to go up there and, and, and forget about mechanics. You know what I'm saying? Now he's strong enough to just kind of stay true to the baseball. And I think as a result, you're not going to see him swing over breaking balls quite as often. But, but you're right, though. With him that far down in the order, it's like a snake in the reeds, man. I mean, it's like, who do you take a chance with? And I think that's the thing in, in years past. You know, when State's been average, maybe you've been good through the first five, six spots of the order and had nothing in the bottom third. I think you look at it right now, and you probably feel like you've got eight spots that you feel really confident in. And then, you know, Lane Forsythe's had a pretty decent on-base percentage. He's not hitting the ball real well right now. But all of a sudden, you get him on base, and you flip the order there, and I think you feel good about life. So, again, kind of back to our original point. I think offensively, this team is going to be fine. You know, the the, the season's going to be determined by the quality of starting pitching. Right. Period. Yeah, I mean, you either can throw strikes and punch people out and you have a chance to do something, or you don't, and you won't. Um, and but, but one thing I'll say about that, this is the thing, we, we go back to the recruiting piece, right? I mean, it's like one of the things, and, and as a guy that's been a baseball guy his whole life, it's like I can't stand pitchers that are scared to compete. If you're scared to get hit, you can't play in the Southeastern Conference because you're going to get hit. And then what are you going to do? You're going to fold? And so if you don't trust your stuff enough, if you don't have enough confidence in your stuff to go out there and pound the strike zone, you cannot play at Mississippi State, period. Uh, All right, catcher Ross Highfield. Um, VMI just wore out Hancock on Saturday. Um, And so where do you think that leaves Lamonis and the coaches? Uh, If this is already on tape, the word's already out, um, is this high fill now from here on out and you just try to find eight games to uh, rest his legs and knees and, and and that's the way it's going to be because you can't have – this is what happens in 10-year-old baseball. That means stolen bases, Steve. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't have a walk become a triple, right? And and that's, that's kind of what happened, 11 stolen bases. Even Ron Paul asked me, he said uh, – is that like a school record for uh, stolen bases allowed, you know? And, and some of that, again, it sounds like we're, we're, we're picking on Luke Hancock, and we're not. I mean, obviously, he's just making that transition back this year after doing it part-time some last year. A lot of that's on the pitchers, too. 
And, you know, the pitchers have got to do a good job giving him a chance. There were a couple times he had absolutely no chance whatsoever because the stolen base is still on the pitcher. But I think with Ross, I, Ross Highfield, and, I, and I, I'll just go ahead and make this bold proclamation right now. If Ross Highfield stays healthy, Ross Highfield will be an All-American at Mississippi State by the time he's done. That kid is an incredible player. Still got to work a little bit on the receiving piece, a little bit, blocking things up. He's got a great arm. I have a lot of confidence in him, but I don't think you're ready to turn the reins over to him just yet. I think a lot of it's going to boil down to matchups. And when you have teams that are going to run a lot more, you know, Ross is probably going to have to be in the lineup. And so what does that mean? That means Luke goes back to first. Does that mean Hunter Hines DHs and you sit Bryce Chance? Do you do a righty-lefty deal? You know, I don't know. And it's, again, you've got some options there, but you also have some difficult decisions to make. If you had to guess who starts at Kentucky in mid-March, the rotation. Because that's really what it's, you know, that's where they're going. Everybody. Um, who do you think will be the starters at Kentucky first series? Just based on right now, I would say Kate Smith, Landon Gartman, and Brett Lofton. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, we, we have people texting in that um, – some of that's co- pitching coach coaching on Saturday, not, not holding the runners and, and not like you said, I mean, some of them just had, you know, I mean, we, they made them look like Ricky Henderson. Okay. And BMI. I mean, I watched them all weekend. They're not that athletic. So what are your thoughts when you hear that? Well, they got some dudes you can run, but what I would also say too, is that if it's pitching coach on Saturday, it's pitching coach on Friday and Sunday too. You know, so it's like, let, let's not just attribute all the negative things to Scott Foxhall and not give him credit when they make an adjustment and do things better because they did a much better job holding runners on on Sunday. And if you think BMI was scared of a true freshman catcher, you're kidding yourself, right? I mean, that, that's not a personnel thing. That's the fact that Mississippi State made a schematic change there and emphasized things. And, again, it goes back to this whole thing about Lamontis being too nice a guy. Anybody that doesn't think Chris Lamontis – had a lot of positive and negative things to say to his coaching staff after that debacle on Saturday. <laughs> it, you're, but basically, just 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 buy a cowbell and cheer. Okay, don't don't offer any opinions if you believe that. If you believe that Monis just went home and sat on a bucket and watched college basketball the rest of the evening and didn't address his team, you're kidding yourself. This guy's a great coach, and and that's the thing. It's like. Again, we're all prisoners of the moment, right? I mean, it's like, you know, you're only sure. as good as your last ball game. And so, you know, the bottom line is that Mississippi State baseball is going to be a good team this year. But uh, you know, they're not, the expectations, I mean, they're picked seventh in the West for a reason because they got they have to prove it. But, you know, they, they had a good weekend. It wasn't a great weekend. It should have been. And even, even if you win that game Saturday and you sweep, you still got the same issues, right? You still had the issues with the stolen bases. You still had the issues with – I've tried some guys out there that weren't strike throwers. But I remind people, in case you've forgotten, go back to that 2020 year and look at what Landon Sims did against Wright State. You go back and look at that and how, how pitiful he was in his first appearance and what he ultimately became. I'm not saying these guys are going to be Landon Sims, but you can't judge any of these new pitchers just based on their first appearance, especially if it's of the negative variety. When you see Bradley Lawson up there running 95 from the left-hand side and throwing it by people and you see uh, – you know, send Jay up there spotting up that breaking ball, making people look stupid. You feel pretty good about that, but I wouldn't be negative at this point. I got 20 seconds. Does Mississippi State basketball make the dance? If I had to call it today, yes, but they got to win that game in Missouri. All right. We'll leave it there. Thanks, Steve. 
Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, the Boneyard Podcast, recapping the weekend. Uh, the meltdown on Saturday, also the wins on Friday and Sunday. Ole Miss and Southern Miss unscathed, undefeated, coming out of their first weekend over Delaware and Liberty. And they have better pitching on the mound right now. It's pretty simple. Better starting pitching on the mound right now in Oxford and Hattiesburg. Mississippi State has time to uh, to find their way, but will they? Hour number three coming up. Good morning. Welcome in to the Out of Bounds Show. 